Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Binance Podcast. My name is Wee Zhou. I'm the host for this show. In my daytime job, I'm the chief financial officer for Binance. For those who do not know, Binance is a blockchain company and operates one of the biggest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. We also are helping to build a bigger blockchain ecosystem with other key initiatives and investments, including Binance Labs, the Blockchain Charity Foundation, Binance Info Academy, as well as Trust Wallet and Travel by Bit. For me, I joined Binance from the traditional financial world, where I served as the chief financial officer for several Chinese and American companies, two of which were listed on NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange. I started off my career in investment banking with Goldman Sachs. From my personal background, I was born in China, grew up in the U.S., and did university at Harvard. After graduation, I pretty much moved around Asia and the U.S. between Hong Kong, Beijing, L.A., and Singapore. Since I've joined Binance, I basically have witnessed a lot more people who are becoming more and more interested in blockchain and cryptocurrency. And that interest comes not just from simply buying Bitcoin or trading, but from more a deeper interest. So what I want to do with this show is to spend time talking to specialists, entrepreneurs, scholars, influencers, basically leading people from a variety of industries. One of the first guests I talked to is Helen Hot. She came from a social development and charity background. I will also be spending time with people from politics, entertainment, gaming, advertising, just a variety of background, and talking about blockchain technology. Hopefully, through these conversations. We can share insights on how blockchain is changing not just these different industries, but also in changing the world. Here's a quick disclaimer: all opinions expressed by our host and our guests on this podcast are merely their own opinions. They do not imply any endorsements or opinions of their companies. You should not take these opinions as specific investment advice. As you will be solely responsible for your own investment. I recorded the following conversation with Fabian Offrechter, who runs Havas Blockchain at the Paris Blockchain Summit. For those who do not know, Havas Blockchain is a part of the Havas Group. Havas Group is a global marketing and communications company with over a hundred years history. And operates in more than a hundred countries around the world. And Fabian、uh, runs the Havas Blockchain Initiative, which is a、uh, very dedicated initiative internally to serve、uh, crypto blockchain startups, SMEs, corporates, and governments, with the purpose to help such entities to conduct their own crypto ambitions through communication strategy and tech support. So I met Fabian in Paris,、uh, where、uh, Havas is headquartered.、Um, I really enjoy this conversation and really enjoy learning about、uh, some of the really cool work that Fabian and his team have done at Havas Blockchain. I hope you enjoy it as well. Hey, everybody! This is We. I'm here at Paris Blockchain Summit at the beautiful Station F with Fabian from、uh, Havas Blockchain. He's head of the、uh, Havas Blockchain Initiative, and、uh, we're here to basically talk about. What he's doing from Havas,、uh, for those who don't know, is、uh, one of the top advertising、uh, conglomerates in the world. He's been、uh, helping them uh, to uh, bring blockchain initiatives to all of their clients. So thank、uh, you, Wayne, for so, welcoming you 
me in this wonderful podcast here in Paris. Bienvenue, as we say in French. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you, Fabien, why don't you give a little bit brief introduction about yourself, uh, your background, and then, uh, and then we can go from there. Well, uh, I'm graduated from history, uh, it's funny enough. I've been studying history of international relations, and I was specialized uh, in multilateralism, so governance already, from uh, Trinity College Dublin, plus the Sorbonne University here in Paris. Then I studied just uh, one year communication and started to work for big corporates, uh, mostly for corporate communication, crisis communication, basically a global PR worldwide, uh, mostly for the biggest international events, plus big, big clients such as uh, Amazon, such as General Electric, uh -huh. such as uh, big crisis, such as Luxleaks, uh -huh. etc. So that's my background. And in fact, in the meantime, I've always been uh, swimming in the big swimming pool of the uh -huh. startup, uh, already in Ireland, uh, now you're in France. In, you're, you're from France? I'm from Paris. Paris? And, uh, and actually, I discovered in Ireland and then in Paris, uh, when I went back here, how wonderful is the startup world. Uh -huh. So I started to work with a bunch of them. A lot of them crashed. Uh -huh. A lot of other uh, did quite well. Mm -hmm. And so, some, of them, um, some of them were doing something weird at the time. It mm -hmm. was something like 2013, 14. Mm -hmm. It was called blockchain and nobody knew exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it wasn't even really um, a startup. It was more or less uh, a little tiny company doing pedagogy about what it, this new stuff mm -hmm. and uh, and in fact little by little they did well they, they, they are no, now uh, one of the great uh, blockchain uh, consulting from here in Paris okay and in fact they are just a startup they are even now they are something like 18 okay. and one day they came to me and said okay we have a huge fish mm -hmm. uh, we have a huge fish here but we can't work for it because we need to be international we're just 18 how do we do mm -hmm. and with my cap of Avas and my knowledge of blockchain I proposed them to launch Avas Blockchain, uh -huh. uh, which um, is the blockchain department of Avas Group, doing basically a range of very different things. So in your role, um, it seems that you started off basically personally um, interested in sort of blockchain startups, but somehow in your professional role, you basically found a business need um, in your professional role. Indeed. And then you were able to basically combine that into forming an internal blockchain group at have us. Indeed. In fact, we started by supporting clients. So startups with incubation strategy, a lot of startups were willing to launch ICOs, STOs. Honestly, from a big advertising group point of view, it was absolutely weird. They were asking us things we didn't even understood at the aren't, time. Aren't they too small for you? Because there's a big advertising group. You're used to working with large companies. Indeed. And we did big, big, big media campaigns, you know, had, those kind of things. We right? had no idea of how to do it. Okay. They had not enough money, but it was interesting still and it was innovation. And at Avas Group, one of our motto is being innovative. Mm -hmm. So we were just, okay, let's try for having fun at the beginning, honestly. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, something happened, which is corporates, our biggest clients came to us and said, okay, we are interested by the technology, we need to better understand. And we are going to launch a project and we have nobody uh, able to advise us. So could you please try, we, we trust you for the communication. Let's try to build together uh, the blockchain part. So can you, can, can you bring some of the services then from those startups to, to help these so larger companies? Then? Basically, it's really depend. We started with incubation and communication. Mm -hmm. We developed strategy plus tech. We have now 450 devs in six countries. Oh, wow. And, uh, and what we do is really depends on the kind of project. 
for corporates, uh, we worked with Orange. The big deal, it may sound funny, but the big deal for Orange uh, was just not only to do pedagogy within. They had a wonderful product, which was an Ethereum-based voting machine. Uh -huh. And in fact, it was just horrible uh, to talk about blockchain technologies in a group which has a bank, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, but we did it, and the CEO of Orange uh, in, uh, in last December talked about blockchain technologies in his biggest event. So it's starting to start. Uh, tomorrow, you will have Carrefour here in Station F. Um, they do their whole uh, supply chain to be by 2020. Yeah, so I was, you and I were both at the, the Ministry of uh, Finance and Economy, and then uh, we had a panel yesterday. There's three panels. I was on the second one. The third one, I think the, the, the blockchain guy from Carrefour was there, and uh, he kept on saying how they put chicken on the blockchain. Right? It was basically the supply of chickens and potatoes are on the blockchain in Carrefour now. Yeah, and that's did you work, did you work on that? Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and actually, uh, it may sound funny, but in the meantime, it's very clever because it's a food traceability is a huge issue in Europe, mm -hmm. and actually I mean, globally as well. In yes. Asia, is, Asia, is, it's huge. Yesterday, yeah. everybody was making fun of their initiative, but I really believe it's cool. They just launched the the muslin uh, patatus uh, to be on blockchain, mm -hmm. and you may think, okay, why? And in fact, the potatoes. first time, patatus. Okay. Uh, mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes, okay. Uh, muslin. It's packaged and you have the potatoes inside. Uh -huh. and everybody says, okay, is it production washing again? Uh -huh. And in fact, the interesting part, it's, it's going to be the first worldwide case where the package is going to be found in Carrefour. It's their initiative, uh -huh. but also in their competitors because it's a transfer, transversality uh -huh. of production uh, of technology. So uh -huh. it's fun enough for um, actually for helping them to take the technology for doing something else as they were not able to do before. We, do, we did NGs, they were also yesterday at the mm -hmm. ministry. We did um, a range of other initiatives, such as the UNICEF, as a big campaign for raising funds yeah, for can children you, can you talk, in Syria. Can you talk a little bit about the UNICEF campaign that you, yeah. you helped them on? In, in a nutshell, basically, the idea is nobody is giving any more money uh, to the UNICEF. It's <clears throat> sad, but it's a fact. People mm -hmm. are not giving enough money, at least. And the ones who are not giving at all are the young people, millennials, they don't mm -hmm. give. And gamers are probably the even worse. Mm -hmm. But in fact, well, if you give, most likely because they don't trust the institution, exactly, right? Exactly. They see big name, big institution, and they don't. They don't see really the, care. They don't see. Well, I think most people care. They just don't. Most people want to see the impact of their giving. Like it's like instant gratification. Exactly. I, I push a button, something you happens. Good thing happening. I give money. I want to see action. Right? I think it's the mentality. So that charities now have to to migrate exactly. this way. And in fact, it was very difficult, especially because it was for ch children in Syria. Okay. So you know the thing which is very far away, mm -hmm. with no impact immediately. So what we did is just giving for free a software for the gaming industry. And people uploaded it. And while playing, they were just basically mining a very tiny part of, it, mm -hmm. of crypto, directly given to the UNICEF. And in very few days, they raised a, a bunch of money and actually they did it so well that they replicate in Asia. Uh -huh. And the biggest part for me in terms of adoption is that, okay, fine. They did uh, raise a bit of money in crypto. But the real impact is that young people took this initiative to talk about crypto and to start talking about uh, how crypto is not only for terrorism, etc., as we mm. can hear many, many too often, way too often. And in fact, the interesting part is that you had a lot of people giving crypto through these mining system, okay. but most of the funds were just coming from traditional funding uh, channels because they were just very interesting 
uh, about um, the campaign which was going on. So the two sides of the, of the funding way were, were just matching, so it was cool. Uh, so, so, so the gamers, while they're playing, is a software where when they're, when they're playing games, they mine certain cryptocurrency, exactly. right? But during this process, they're learning about exactly. giving and, and the impact that they can have and by giving. And we did a huge campaign in oh. the meantime of advertising, PR, etc. For people so not the, aware of... The advertiser in this case then is UNICEF, yes. right? Exactly. So, so you revolve the campaign based on uh, how young people are... Uh, you are helping young people to discover new ways of giving. Exactly. And around this campaign, you're able to drive awareness for the UNICEF and the initiatives they're doing in Syria. And you're actually getting more money from the traditional space as well. Exactly. Right? Which that's, is that's amazing. A, that's a wonderful. So it has the advertiser has a storytelling. It has impact. And then it has And it, know, works so well. it works so well. It works so well that the UNICEF, after the campaign, mm -hmm. decided to open... Uh, a way for people just willing to give money in SR, in Bitcoin, in any cryptocurrency. So it was a good case. You, you actually, from UNICEF's perspective, before they were just basically accepting fiat yeah. in the forms of uh, in the forms of uh, donations, but now they're opening up for cryptocurrency yeah. as a form of a donation onto their wider platform. Exactly. That, that is that's, that's really cool. But uh, we did yeah. a, a range of big cases such as uh, such as. For sure, we did corporates, uh -huh. we did NGOs, we did also governments. We are working for, for two European governments, mm -hmm. and we are also doing stuff for do, startups. Do, can I go back to the UNICEF sure, sure, sure. a little bit? Because that's really, really interesting, right? Because like I think many, not many years, like five or six years, people were like, we love blockchain, but not Bitcoin, right? And the last few years, it's like, we love blockchain, but no cryptocurrency, exactly. right? But the thing is, is that you can't have blockchain without cryptocurrency, because that's you have the pipes and the infrastructure, but you need water, you need oil to flow through exactly. it to make sure that uh, transaction happens, uh, action happens, right? So I'm going to pause right here. Can you tell a little bit for, because I think um, the listeners of the podcast, I think some are from the crypto industry, some are from other industries. Can you talk a little bit about Havas as a whole? Yes. And first, I'd like to point out something which is going to sound weird, mm -hmm. but which is very key. I'm going to answer your first question as well. How Havas, which is a huge group, is working with startups in the crypto sphere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in fact, you know how we did it? We did something nobody's doing. Mm -hmm we are accepting to be paid in crypto and in token uh -huh. as a group, internationally speaking. Uh -huh. And that was a good way because when we work for that's a huge. startup yeah, that's uh, huge. doing an ICO or uh -huh. an STO, we tell them, okay, anyway, your to the, the price of your token, the value of your token uh -huh. is going to be based largely on reputation. Mm -hmm. The reputation is our job. Mm -hmm. We believe we're going to do a great job because we trust your project. Mm -hmm. we, we are Avas. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do it. Let's be paid we should, in token. We should talk, Havas and Binance, about how you can help our uh, Binance Launchpad projects to, to get involved in some of these global campaigns there. Because I think one of the big parts that uh, we help uh, our Launchpad projects in their uh, initial exchange offering on Binance is, is marketing, right? Is to bring awareness um, to the team, to the projects, and to the progress that they make over the years. Basically, our job is to bridge the gap between traditional worlds, banks, insurance companies, states, governments, mm -hmm. but also big corporates with this crypto world they are afraid of, but they love it still, even though they don't even know it yet. Uh -huh. uh, so yeah, for, for sure, it's very complementary. Yeah. And um, and something else which is fun enough, you know, when you think about crypto, the first thing you, you have in mind is probably Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And Bitcoin is said to be anti-bank. It's not exactly true. It is more anti-intermediary. Mm -hmm. And banks are one of the intermediaries. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin wants to replace bank, originally speaking. Mm -hmm. But there's something else which is a big intermediary, mm -hmm. media buying. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> that's your business, yeah. Well, yeah. So, and yeah. actually, it's cool mm -hmm. because, and that's why I really love uh, working at Avas mm -hmm. when it comes to blockchain technologies. Mm -hmm. Because actually, one of the big things we are doing is trying to ex internalize the innovation we see from the outside to better understand and to see how we can be first, not only mm -hmm. supporting clients, but ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we are doing tests, we are doing POC, we are doing testnet, we are doing a lot of stuff just to see. So you're putting those 400 engineers exactly. to work then. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and we do it at the Avas scale. We do it also uh, within Vivendi, the mother holding mm -hmm. of Avas, uh, with a range of very different projects. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. You'll see if, you, if you're coming um, Thursday morning, uh, there's a big event where we will be with our other business unit from Vivendi, which is Bolloré, mm -hmm. Bolloré Transport Logistique, which is basically uh, starting to do uh, blockchain technologies for the whole supply chain in Africa, for cereals, for uh, harbors, uh -huh. for a range of different issues. Uh -huh. We are also doing tests uh, with a range of other business units so, just to see so, what we can do. So that's the blockchain strategy that you're helping yes. your clients exactly. to, to build. Oh, that's if real. we do it with our clients, if mm -hmm. we believe it with our clients, we need to believe it ourselves and mm -hmm. to try it ourselves. So okay. accepting cryptos, token, <laughs> but also doing uh -huh. it uh, in uh -huh. our company. I'm project. sure your finance department loves you. <laughs> They love us, uh, <laughs> especially at the very beginning. You know, it's it's. Uh, but in the meantime, again, if you don't do it yourself, nobody is going to follow you. Uh -huh. So yeah, it's had, it has been difficult. But one of the very big chances we have been, uh, we had here, is that the French government has been super help, helping. They helped us a lot. The IMF, so the, the market authority in France, helped us a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, the accountant uh, public authority also helped a lot. Uh, and now the regulation in France and Europe is quite easier. Yeah, can, um, now we're on that. So can you talk a little bit about the ecosystem in France? What do you need? How do we activate? Because I feel like the talent base is here. The support from the, the government is here. Money is here. Like, what, what do you need to, well, really, to really sort of magnify and scale it up? Well, in France, we are super lucky for since the Middle Age. We have great <laughs> universities, the Sorbonne uh -huh. universities. Uh -huh. I, I'm now lecturing uh, blockchain technologies in HSC Polytechnique USCP uh -huh. uh, and PR communication in the Sorbonne University and uh, Sciences Po Lille. And I love it because our universities are great, but they are lacking of something which is which may sound weird, but actually they would love to, to launch blockchain programs, but they lack of money. Then we have uh, a lot of corporates. We have a lot of, uh, of banks having headquarters here. Mm -hmm. And our chance is that we can push or the crypto sphere, because if tomorrow a bank is accepting crypto, mm -hmm. uh, ICOs, etc., it will be huge. Mm -hmm. So having governments helping, having corporates interested, having banks in the middle, huge startups, uh, as you can find here in Station F, is very cool. What are people looking for? Well, I would say uh, if the talents are here, the biggest projects are not yet. And today, if I wanted to, to use an exchange, it's very difficult, for example, to find something in French. Uh -huh. And don't love, but mm. this is the biggest issue in France. Language. People don't speak English. So it's still French. Yes. <laughs> of and course, I, I, I did that. It's crazy, <laughs> I know. But, uh, but for example, if I want to use any exchange, if I want to use any, to read any crypto media, international crypto media. It's all in English. It's all in English. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge issue for adoption here in France. Mm -hmm. And again, I really believe the French language is going to be key for another reason. Nobody is thinking about no. Africa. I, I, I know that. Uh, so French is going to overtake Spanish over the next, I think, 10 to 15 years. 
because of the dominance of the French language in West Africa, in Sub-Saharan Africa. And that's why we are mm. currently launching a mm. lot of projects there mm. uh, in Africa, because actually the adoption is going to be, let's say, not easier, but at least yeah, better. I, I, yeah, I, I think, uh, and the, my, my thing is, is that just like how Asia is native mobile, I think Africa is going to be native crypto. I, 80% of the Africa is unbanked you know, too. I just I, think that it's going, to, a, it's going to go native crypto because they're going to, once they get the smartphone with the wallet on it, but, identity uh, and financial services are all going to be on your hand. So, uh, yeah, so I did uh, a joke last time saying mm-hmm. that when Facebook is targeting India uh-huh. for launching their Facebook coin, uh-huh. it's just because they are looking for the best place with the most, most of people are having mobiles, uh-huh. but no bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Just have a look to Africa now. Same. And the funny, the funny part is that in Paris, we have the Maison du Bitcoin with no coin house, a little place where you can do community events, etc., mm-hmm. and also um, buy some Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. We were having a look to the people buying Bitcoin and selling Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly the number, but more than the half were just basically apparently sending money to Africa because they, they, they don't... It's remittance then? Yes. What do they send? They send euros or... Who knows? Who knows? Bitcoin, but but right? it, probably Bitcoin, I, I believe, mean, for, for okay. a different reason. Uh-huh. But the, the thing behind, and even though I'm not sure of the number exactly, the idea that you use Bitcoin rather than using Western Union, mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Just no no fees, no transactions. Well, Western issue. Union is uh, is blockchain and tokenizing as well. I saw that in the news. So, and it's um, good. It's a perfect demonstration that it's coming mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in terms of adoption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, going back to the previous question, can you tell us a little bit about Havas? Like yes. what? Because I don't like I don't think a lot of our listeners know about Havas. I, I know it's a very big name here in France and in the advertising world. Yeah. Uh, you know your competitors are like WPP, Publicis and Dentsu, but yes. sort of give us well, a little bit of background about Havas. You know, in um, in the 19th century, uh, let's, <laughs> okay. it's funny, but, but uh, okay. not so much. Uh, the story is nice. Uh-huh. There was a huge company uh, which was doing some news. It was not an advertising. It was way more uh, newswire, mm-hmm. like what would you, you would find with Voters today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, after the Second World War, this huge conglomerate has been separated in two parts, uh, se- separating the PR from the news. Mm-hmm. The news is what you know, uh, all of you, being the AFP. Oh, oh, the a- a- agency French, the, the French of yes. the French APY. Right? Exactly, yeah. uh, and the communication is Abbas. Ah, okay. And in fact, uh, so this is a very old company. It's pretty old, uh-huh. one of the oldest. Uh-huh. Uh, Balzac, the French writer, said that it was the biggest, best-informed company at the time. I, I, today, I, I got Balzac on the uh, <laughs> on my podcast. This is awesome. <laughs> I, I love I love France. So much culture here. And uh, and actually, the big deal with Abbas is what we do. We do hand-to-hand communication, mm-hmm. advertising, PR, media buying, CRM, uh, worldwide, stranded agencies, even more. And our core leitmotiv is innovation. Mm-hmm. So we are here in, in Paris with the headquarters. So that's why uh, it's very key as a country. France is so key for us. But you can go in New York City. You can go anywhere. We are pretty everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we have a huge network helping us to have very different clients. Mm-hmm. Our main focus are corporates. But now it's also crypto and blockchain clients, um, even though we are looking for the biggest one, just because we we are fitted, you know, we are working basically for for big players. Okay. Um, Last question. What are you looking forward to the most this year? What's like your number one wish for this year? Well, 
it's not a wish, it's something which is going to be, uh -huh. to be happening. Or something uh, that you're doing, anything that you're we're most looking forward there's to. There's so many things. Yeah. Uh, you know, by the way, we just launched the first worldwide offering for SMEs doing STOs in France. I, I do not uh, know. Under that. 8 million, you can do it without any regulation now through Abbas. I actually think uh, that's how uh, STOs or could work because rather than adding additional uh, disclosure or uh, enforcement or risks to the business, you can just sort of limit the threshold by in terms of dollar amount being raised yes. and then uh, amount being invested so that you uh, diversify the risk and then you lower the absolute amount of risk because a lot of these securities or, or quote unquote security tokens, they can evolve into, into utility tokens as the project or the the foundation behind it decentralizes. I think that that totally agree. yeah, but 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 by adding a lot of these regulatory burdens on these early stage companies, I think you're gonna they're gonna spend half the money they raise on lawyers. That's that's not why people are giving totally them money. Agree. And that's right? why I love the so, 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 uh, yeah. allowing you to, to so, raise it. So tell me a little bit about this this uh, eight million STO. Well, basically, the EU law allow you not to need any agreement if you raise an, uh, under eight million. Okay. So we have the full package. Basically, you are you are having a big project. We do everything. Mm -hmm. You don't need anything, mm -hmm. and we are under the four to five percent of cost from what you will raise. Mm -hmm. So it's just same for you. Mm -hmm. So it's democratization again of crypto, and that is probably my wish, mm -hmm. which is having big players launching real projects. Mm -hmm. I I'm really expecting as a Facebook coin for one reason: mm -hmm. if Facebook is doing it, this means we were all right <laughs> from from the from the normal people, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, and actually. Facebook is a big deal for me uh, for another reason, mm -hmm. being communication again. Mm -hmm. uh, we are also doing social media. But so it's, but it's, it's a, going to I, be I, huge. Like my honest opinion on the Facebook project. I have no idea what to do. It's a double-edged sword. It's going to be good, but everything they do is going to be centralized into one person. Hopefully it, it, not. <laughs> but the way that company is right now and why I think users and media and governments and as a whole are moving against that force is the centralized nature of Facebook. Yes, mm -hmm. but you see, Facebook coin, GAFA coin are, mm -hmm. are big. There's also states coin you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And let's have a look. Uh, China is doing it. Mm -hmm. They are doing their crypto revenue. Mm -hmm. they, they don't even need to centralize anything. <laughs> anyway, what, what is the pure sense of a, mm -hmm. of a crypto and blockchain? It's mining anyway. Mm -hmm. And mining is energy. Mm -hmm. And one road, one belt is also the Mining road, energy road. <laughs> so they don't even need uh, decentralizing yeah. anything because anyway, they have the power over uh, the whole concept. Mm -hmm. So, okay, it's even more scary. Uh, and probably not so good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but uh, yeah. no, anyway, I mean, the I, adoption I, is probably the key. I think so. I mean, because nothing drives progress like FOMO. Exactly. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you, Fabian. Thank you. Uh, we look forward to seeing you and talking to you again. And then hopefully, you know, I'll be back in Paris and then we can catch up uh, I'll be in the for US another for session. Consensus, so maybe there. Okay, great. Uh, with your team. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this show. If you like this show, please uh, share this episode on Twitter, Facebook, Telegram, WhatsApp, WeChat, or any other social media platform. And please don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and see you next time.